To the True Blue LA podcast, Jacob Birch, Eric Steven. Uh, I feel like we've been talking about the right things the last couple of weeks. We're, I mean, genius is a strong word. Uh, genius is probably strong enough. More, though? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's strong but accurate. No, uh, <laughs> we we've had, we've had our finger on the pulse. Let's say that. Uh, and I think most of this podcast is going to be me introducing you. To Dodgers, you might not have heard of before, <laughs> who are currently active. So yeah, we're gonna kind of go over all of that, uh, kind of look ahead to the the final two months, see if uh, we think that what this if this Dodgers team has what it takes to overcome uh, the deficit they're in and not have to play a uh, excruciating wild card game. So we'll do that. We have questions from Craig. We have a Dodgers rewind. All of that after this. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's really interesting. After the trade deadline, the sort of excitement as you as uh, brewing around is, ooh, this team's getting healthy. Maybe the they won't have so many sort of weird names, uh, unusual names, I should say, coming up and pitching for the Dodgers, and you have to figure out how how do the Dodgers how do, how is this guy in the system? Um, and that that that's kind of been true on both sides of the ball, right? A lot of uh, bench players who were getting starting roles and weren't quite sure where they ha- um, where they came from. That's 
gotten better. Well, there is some injury news, and we'll talk about there. But pitching is just more of the same. Yeah, literally, just before for the pitching uh, for the pitching part, uh, that just reminded me. Uh, literally, Billy McKinney started ten straight games in right field yep. when Mookie Betts was out. So it's like, yeah, like you, you know, expect the unexpected. I think whoever's available and healthy, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. So, but yeah, for the pitching. Um, Last week's episode uh, was was titled "Do the Dodgers Have Enough Pitching?" and the answer is no. Right now, <laughs> very, very much not. Uh, after our podcast last week, um, th- there was a little more clarity on Clayton Kershaw, where he was like, uh, "I just came back too soon um, from the the last time," and then he got soreness in his elbow. He's he hasn't pitched since July third. His quote was, being hurt is miserable. I don't really enjoy it at all. At that time, it was like, you know, maybe the last week of August, most likely September, um, which is like what we were sort of speculating last week, but it became clear. Then um, Monday, we're recording on a Tuesday this week, um, <clears throat> this Monday, uh, that got locked in because the Dodgers placed both uh, Clayton Kershaw and Danny Duffy on the 60-day injured list. Now, everyone freaks out. At the specter of a 60-day because they, a lot of people assume, not everyone, but a lot of people assume that it's 60 days from that day, but that's not true. If they're already on the injured list, it just goes back to the start date. Um, and Kershaw hasn't pitched since July 3rd. Now, he was placed on the injured list on July 7th. They did not. You could backdate it, move up to three days. The Dodgers did not do that. So his start date is July 7th, which means the earliest he could possibly be activated is September 5th. So we have a hard date. In terms of the the earliest we could see Kershaw in a major league game, so that gives you some idea of the timeline for Duffy. It's 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 later because he was placed on the injured list by the Royals on July twentieth, and they retroactive that to July seventeenth with the left flexor strain, something he already missed a month for earlier in the year. Uh, that means his earliest date is September eighteenth. If he returns on that date, that means he only has 14 Dodgers games left in the season to sort of make his impact. So we talked about how his sort of role might be the bullpen, if anything. I would say that's like a definite now, uh, just based on the timing. And very likely that he doesn't even throw a pitch uh, for the Dodgers, just given the timing. Um, the other one I'm super skeptical about, they, had, they signed Cole Hamels. Uh, we talked about that last week. Uh, I'm. Uh, it's sort of running together. Like, um, actually, technically, wait, they didn't sign him when we recorded. Yeah, last I don't week, think right? we did. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that broke the next day. Wow. See, the timing of all this is the movement is so rapid. Uh, no, you like you the, said we talked about it last week. I'm like, we did. I, I mean, I remember having similar yeah. discussions of like the Dodgers are going to take a flyer on this guy. Hope it works. So yeah, God, that all happened like. <laughs> Yeah, the, this the weekend reviews that I do like it becomes like half of the entire post is just listing all the transactions in the last <laughs> week, and, and it's it's been really busy. So I for that's right. The the Hamels thing happened on Wednesday last week. Uh, we recorded on Tuesday. Yeah, and um, that was I remember because it was Max Scherzer's debut with the Dodgers, and they signed Cole Hamels on the same day, which is like. Imagine telling yourself that at any of the last ten years, <laughs> just being like, "What?" Like, but so <clears throat> he is 
he's thrown three and a third innings in the last since the start of 2020. Uh, he's been hurt a lot. Uh, the plan was he was going to throw two simulated innings at Dodger Stadium Saturday and build up from there. So he's also another maybe September guy just because of, you know he's not going to be able to build up. Now, I was there watching that sim game from the press box. It was, it was well before the game. He threw one inning. Uh, <clears throat> Edwin Yuseta also threw like in the bottom of the inning, if you will. Um, and Hamels went out to warm up for a second, then talked to the coaching staff and walked off the field. And then when we asked Dave Roberts, Roberts said, oh, yeah, it was planned. We just wanted to get him a second time up on the mound. I am not buying that. Uh, so best case scenario, he's only at one inning right now and he still needs to build up. So that just makes it even longer. Worst case scenario is he felt something because he has pitched in a while and he's bad. Uh, I think he was only throwing in the upper 80s. Not totally sure on that. But, um, you know, it's let's just say I'm skeptical that he'll even throw a pitch for the Dodgers. His contract uh, is a million dollars for the rest of the year. He gets $200,000 per start and $200,000 per relief appearance that lasts at least three and a third innings. That was like the same sort of incentive, not the exact amounts, but the same incentive structure that Alex Wood had last year. So, uh, again, color me skeptical. Not, don't, not sure I buy that he's going to start a game. But even if he does, he's like a September guy. Tony Gonsolin might be the earliest one back from the injured list. But at the, at the moment... Not he's not even currently throwing shoulder inflammation. So what that means is basically the Dodgers need to fill in from now until September with uh, you know minor league guys, bullpen games. It's going to be a mess. So and that's having they your fourth starter be David Price, who has pitched right. well in the in this role, but it's very doubtful he'll ever give you any amount of of real length, like consistently yeah. too. Like you know. Uh, so that that's a problem. Uh, so this so they today we're recording on Tuesday morning. Uh, the Dodgers uh, start a series in Philadelphia. They they have twenty two games in the next twenty three days. They technically don't need a fifth starter till Saturday if they wanted to wait that long, but it probably makes more sense if they slot someone in either tomorrow Wednesday or Thursday this week because it would at the very least give. Uh, Julio Urias and Walker Bueller an extra day of rest this time through. Or if they do it Wednesday, it would also give David Price an extra day of rest because those extra days aren't going to happen a lot over the next, you know, uh, three weeks. So uh, we'll see. The The candidates are, um, you know, Mitch White, who's pitched in the majors uh, quite a bit this year. He last pitched on August 5th, uh, went five innings. Andre Jackson, uh, who just got called up to AAA, he's on the 40-man um, he pitched on August 3rd. He's actually scheduled to pitch later today as a bulk guy for AAA. So, it, like, if something happens where, like, he gets scratched or doesn't pitch, maybe he's one of the guys that come up. But they might do a staggered thing where maybe it's Mitch White this week, then they then they send him down and, and have bullpen, extra bullpen people for, like, the next – uh, four days and then call up a different pitcher to be the bolt guy for the next time. And then, so it, it's going to be a mess. They, they've had a, a bunch of like roster churn uh, type things over the last couple months. And we'll, we have quite a lot to get to because uh, based <laughs> just, just before we started, 
you expressed surprise at Kevin Quackenbush uh, being a Dodger. Yeah, I, and I just was wasn't weird on thing social to sort of media. Walk into. Yeah, I was yeah. Just not on social media Saturday. I did watch the game, but if it was mentioned on the broadcast, I was not paying attention at that time. Did pay attention to social media Sunday, and then yep. uh, brought up like, oh, and you know. In addition to the addition of Quackenbush, I was like, wait, what? One, yeah. he's on the Dodgers roster, apparently. Two, uh, w- uh, when did he get added? How did I miss that? How did I miss that this was old news? So uh, the weekend was weird. They won two out of three against the Angels. The loss was extra innings, of course, because that's <laughs> what the Dodgers do. Um, so th- because they had this stretch of uh, eight days with, with three off days, so it was like off day, two games against the Astros, off day, three games against the Angels, off day. They went that whole series with actually 14 position players and 12 uh, pitchers, which is like super rare for this team. I have to look. I think they've done that like at least once before, but it might be zero times before like this this uh, year, just because they, they're usually like at 14 pitchers basically rather than, you know, or 13, 13 or something. So, very odd. So, they only had eight, well, uh, quote-unquote, only had eight relievers, which is an absurd thing to say. But um, that's low for them. Uh, and they were getting guys hurt. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to think. I, I don't even have it in our notes here. Um, one of the reasons the, some of these pitchers were added. So, Jimmy Nelson, um, he was going to go into Tuesday night's game against the Astros last week. Uh, it was a Dodgers were down one nothing in the eight, and he felt something in his elbow, so they they shut him down. They brought in Victor Gonzalez instead. Victor Gonzalez uh, gave up a two run home run to Jordan Alvarez, sort of putting that game away. And I think in the recap, I call, I called that game a, a Russian a Russian nesting doll of bad decisions, um, or like sore oh, sore wounds or something. I, you know, I, I'm a writer. I I don't remember what I write. Um, but that was a loss. They won the next night. But um, Nelson, uh, the next day, went on the injured list with uh, elbow inflammation. And then a couple days later, uh, he went on the 60-day because he's out for the season with Tommy John surgery and flexor tendon repair. Uh, I didn't see both things at once. I guess it's going to be in the same procedure, but it's like two or same surgery, but two different procedures. Uh, that's nuts. I saw flexor tendon and like elbow and assumed it, they, that was like the thing. But then the more I w- dug into it, um, and then asked around, he, yeah, Tommy John surgery and flexor tendon repair. So just brutal for someone who was really, really good, but also was limited in the fact that couldn't really go more than an inning, couldn't really pitch more than like once every three days. I mean, you know, that was kind of his thing. But every time he was on the mound, he was great. Like, he was excellent this year, all they could have asked for. But then, so Gonzalez, who came in, who has not been as good as he was last year, um, he's been off. Uh, he lands on the injured list a few days later with a right knee inflammation. Uh, so he's going to be out a couple weeks. So it, it's been brutal. So, yeah, Saturday... They added Kevin Quackenbush, 32-year-old, last pitch in the majors in 2018. He had like a sub-1 ERA with AAA Oklahoma City, who was pitching really well. Um, And then Sunday, they added Justin Brule, a left-hander. He's 24. 
He was signed out of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo as an undrafted free agent in 2017 and just kind of worked his way up. Now, what, he's one of those guys, too, that I'm sure was affected by the pandemic. Uh, he's 24 now, but so 2019 was his 22-year-old season. He played four games in in high A, which was then Rancho Cucamonga, and he hadn't pitched above that, you know, since. And he wasn't on the, um, like, at the alternate site last year, so it was, like, kind of on his own, you know, just figuring out stuff, how to, how to progress, how to develop uh, in a lost year. And then uh, he starts this year at... Um, double A, and then works his way up to triple A. He's been really, really good. And they called him up. Both uh, Quackenbush and Brule pitched on Sunday. Um, they were the 31st and 32nd uh, pitchers used by the Dodgers this season. That's a new franchise record. Uh, it beats out uh, 2015, 2016, and 2018. If you could sense a pattern here, uh, the Dodgers used a lot of pitchers under the Andrew Friedman for office, but this season is is more than usual. Um, the The moves kept coming. So I mentioned earlier that um, Clayton Kershaw, Danny Duffy on Monday were play, transferred to the sixty day disabled list or injured list. Excuse me. Old habits die hard. I apologize. Um, but they did that because they claimed two people off waivers. One was another pitcher, Connor Green, twenty uh, six year old, went to Santa Monica High. Played in three games, his first three major league games this year with the Orioles. 14.73 ERA. His numbers in AAA, not very good either. I'm sure there's underlying things there. I haven't really dug into him because I was off yesterday. Um, but, yeah, that's the, they're, in, they're in warm body acquisition mode at this point, uh, I think, a lot, especially on the pitching side. And then the other one was sort of this, like, weird, weird transactional loop. I'm not even sure if we mentioned that Chad Wallach was a Dodger uh, last week on the podcast. They claimed him off waivers on July 30th, the same day they traded Caber Ruiz, so giving them a third catcher on the 40-man roster. Not that he's going to be active, but it's just to have like a fallback if one of Will Smith or Austin Barnes gets hurt. Um, they didn't, and like Tim Fedorovich was in at the Olympics, uh, didn't really have a ton, uh, like just say if something were to happen. So Wallach joins the Dodgers. He was once drafted by the Dodgers out of high school, didn't sign, ended up going, um, uh, man, I forgot if he got drafted by the Reds or Marlins. I think it was Reds, and then he ended up with the Marlins. But, uh, yeah, so the Dodgers uh, end up with eventually all three of Tim Wallach's sons play for them in the organization. Um, Chad, uh, Chad Wallach lasted in the organization eight days. The Angels claimed him off waivers on Saturday. And they DFA'd another catcher, Anthony Bemboom. And then on Monday, the Dodgers claimed Anthony Bemboom. So it's like a trade in a way. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So now the Dodgers do have a third catcher on the 40-man roster. They also signed, I guess, Tony Wolters to an, a minor league deal. I'm not sure if that he has joined uh, Oklahoma City just yet. So they have some options if, you know, things go south, uh, catcher-wise, uh, at least. So... Uh, yeah, they'll, they're going to need more like 40 men space, uh, later today, they're supposed to activate Corey Kniebel, um, after, uh, he missed 92 games. He last pitched for them in April. He was also excellent, uh, to start the season. So the, the hope is that, uh, he gives the Dodgers another back end arm. They'll need a 60 day move for that. They'll also need another 60 day move if they activate or when they activate Darian Nunez, even if they like option him. 
So they placed him on the injured list with no, no designation uh, the other day. Uh, so you, you, you can't really assume on this. However, you can in this case because um, I forget which of the days. I guess it was Sunday. Uh, one of the moves, they like didn't make a corresponding 40-man roster move. So they technically, counting Nunez, had 41 on the 40-man roster. And at this point, it's worth pointing out that players on the COVID-19 injured list don't count towards the 40-man. And you're not allowed to disclose uh, like non-playing injury or medical information without the player's consent. Um, so it's safe to assume Darian Nunez is on the COVID injured list, uh, I think. Uh, and right now, not taking up a 40-man space. So they, they have like 41 players on the 40 man just like for a little bit with Trey Turner it was the same thing uh because he would but he was disclosed on the COVID IL but then uh they had to make a move to get him off so yeah that's that's sort of where they're at where they're at uh they use those pitchers who knows if Connor Green's going to come up at some point I would imagine probably just because they'll need an arm at some point (laughs) on the road trip but yeah that's uh that's sort of where they're at uh, pitching wise I, I keep uh, since yesterday. I've seen like there's been like a few players like designated for assignment yesterday and today, and I just keep thinking like, well, Dodgers are probably going to claim them at some point. Like, <laughs> they're just who knows at this point. But yeah, they 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 they're bringing in a lot of guys. Any, I, do you have a guess on if you had to make the forty man moves to let's say get Cork and Abel up? Uh, what's the first move you make? Okay, so I think. Kevin Quackenbush is is probably a one and done for me. Uh, well, you and I they, were talking yeah. right before we and I. If that happens, yeah. uh, you and I were delighted. We love small sample size trivia, and if yeah. that happens, he would uh, probably you know, assuming nothing weird happens in the next couple of months, uh, end his Dodger season leading in FIP with a negative two something FIP. Uh, could not be passed in strikeout per nine in 27. Uh, would have, I think it was an 81 hit per nine. Um, and then a, a nine. 81. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dodgers legends, Kevin Quackenbush, well, should that happen? So the, the thing the thing is this, though, you got to remember, too, um, they started uh, the week, I guess, at 14 position players and 12 pitchers. So they're... They're almost certainly going to go back to at least 13-13 and probably 14 pitchers at some point. Mm-hmm. So you you really have to like look at position players to drop. And like Zach Rex, end of the week, currently active, I believe he's probably going to be optioned. Now, that doesn't create a 40-man spot for Knable, but it creates an active roster spot. So I think it's also possible that one of the various other injured Dodgers pitchers could just be transferred to the 60-day mm. injured list. Maybe it's Scott Alexander, uh, something like that. So you could you could definitely see that kind of a move. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how this all plays out because there's uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be more churning basically to get just to get to September. So yeah. and, and there's no there's no trades anymore. So that that's like the only way to get players is waiver claims and uh, things like that. So it should be weird. But it's not all sad news. There's some exciting stuff uh, happened in Dodgerland since we last talked. Yeah, and th- this all this also sort of falls a little bit uh, two episodes ago where we we sort of lobbied for the idea of retiring the phrase full strength. That said, the 
brief glimpse we got of the Dodgers at full strength. Holy crap! Like, <laughs> what? What a like, what a lineup, man! Like, uh, it looks great. Um, Trey Turner uh, was, you know, the big addition on offense, obviously, and he's just so good. Like, I, you know, you know, I know, he, I knew he was good. I knew he was very good. I've seen him play before, but at the same time, like his. He's just shockingly fast. Like, I, you know, I didn't watch him a lot, uh, you know, unless the, the Dodgers were playing the Nationals, you know, I guess. So you just sort of forget how fast he is. And then in, in, in comparison to some of the other guys, like, um, he, so he only, he started, he, they activated him Friday. He got there, like, later in the day, so he didn't start that day. He pinched it later in that game. Then he started Saturday and Sunday, both at second base. Uh, right away, uh, in the first inning on Saturday, he scored from first base on a Muncie double and scored it. I believe it was the like uh, whatever Statcast uses to measure sprint speed. It was like the fastest sprint speed by a Dodger all season. Uh, and later that game, he stole a base in where he like slid into second as the ball was like passing the pitcher's mound. Uh, the throw to second base, like he's just a ridiculously easy steal. And then on Sunday, he scored from first base on a single. Now, there's more to it than that. He he was running on the pitch. Uh, the ball got deflected in from second base into left field like David Fletcher dove. However, like the <laughs> just watching him as the ball's like trickling into left field and you're like, Oh, he's not stopping. Like, you know, and like the, the crowd like sees it and you're like, Oh, and then, so that was remarkably exciting. And he was safe easily. Like he wasn't, he didn't beat a close play at the plate or anything like that. It's just ridiculous. And you know, he's a really good hitter. Uh, it's just, it's just wild man to watch him. Now it was funny cause I tweeted, I think I tweeted, um, uh, Trey Turner has holy shit speed, and there's a lot of like national fans who're like, "Oh, uh, America's finally discovering how good." Trey-. Calm down, like you know, we we get it. Like we know he's good. It doesn't it doesn't mean we can't revel in like the awesomeness of watching it, right? So I don't know. It's just just weird. Uh, the other Mookie Betts hitting third. Um, Trey Turner's gonna hit leadoff. Uh, Looks like Muncie second, Betts third in in like most days, which is a change from how they've done the lineup. Uh, but that's what happens when you have like a lot of really good players. Like things get weird. Um, Mookie Betts uh, in his first three games back from the injured list, uh, we I think he had only done one of those uh, by the time we recorded last week. He played three games at second base, moved back to right field once Trey Turner um, started uh, or came back. Excuse me. Um, he left Friday's game after six innings, uh, dealing with that hip again. Then he was off Sunday. So it's one of those things where he's basically going to be dealing with the hip the rest of the season. Dave Roberts has used the term governor probably like 837 times in the last like two weeks. Some about Betts, some about Cody Bellinger with his hamstring. So Betts is like semi-limited kind of because he's, he's also in that in the Trey Turner zone of being like super dynamic, like at all facet, all facets of the game, like speed, uh, arm hitting, like everything. And just him, him running as well is great. And he's, so he's limited there, but that said, 
he's still hitting. Like, <laughs> like diminished Mookie Betts still hitting. Uh, eight for since his return from the injured list, eight for twenty-one, three home runs in five games. So, just a remarkable player. Um, now the full strength thing comes in because uh, Sunday. So Justin Turner, um, Sunday was was his one hundredth start of the season. The first Dodger this season to start 100 games. He leads the team in starts. Uh, he's 36 years old. And there's no DH this year. Uh, or, they're, you know, American League games. So he started. He did start four games at DH in AL Parks. But still, 96, 96 starts at third. Only Chris Taylor has more starts in the field. But he has 99 total starts. So trailing Turner overall. Turner at 36 being very durable was is a sort of semi-surprise this year. That said, uh, he made a great play uh, sort of ranging into foul territory or took him into foul territory, a ground ball by Jose Iglesias, then he threw him out. This was in the second inning Sunday. Then he left the game um, like right after that. Uh, the next inning he was pinch hit for. And, of course, Albert Pujols, who pinch hit for him, hit a homer uh, because the team's really deep. Uh, so, But uh, pr- probably going to be a few days for Turner. Uh, out so we'll see it's one of those could be one of those lingering things but this will be interesting too because so Trey Turner is going to play second Uh, Corey Seager is going to get occasional off days and Turner will play short those days now in a normal world uh, Bellinger Cody Bellinger might sit against left more lefties he played against the lefty on Sunday because um, uh, Mookie Betts was off and like with the full lineup they they don't really have, like, um, so, like, Pujols, Sunday was the first game Pujols didn't start against the lefty since joining the Dodgers. Now, part that was mostly because, like, they don't really have, if Betts is out, they kind of, the outfield is basically Pollock, Taylor, Bellinger at that point. Uh, unless, I guess, you could go, like, McKinney or Beatty. Beatty's not a good outfielder at all. McKinney's better defensively, but... So they're, they're in a bit of a bind in that regard. Um, but Chris Taylor is going to play more infield, but, you know, probably uh, or actually some in a normal thing, probably more center field when Bellinger's sitting. Um, but with Turner out, Taylor might be the one to step in to play third base. Now, Max Muncy played third base the rest of the game Sunday. Um, but that was also because... Um, Chris Taylor uh, started in the outfield, so it's weird. They they got they have movable parts. We'll see how they sort of do it, but uh, but amid, like uh, even among like all that, like uh, Betts is sort of limited. Justin Turner got hurt. There's still like a lot to be excited about. We uh, Max Scherzer made his debut was awesome. Seven innings, ten strikeouts to beat the Astros. That was a wild series. Um, the fans were angry. <laughs> Uh, and they, they got what they wanted Wednesday would win. But I think mostly what they wanted was to for two days to sort of yell at the Astros. And sure, they sure did that. Uh, but Scherzer even got a curtain call, which he said he's never gotten before, which is surprising. But then I thought about it, like, how many pitchers really get curtain calls? Like, so, yeah, that was weird. And then also the lineup just with Trey Turner especially. Um, it looks great. Like, that uh, the Saturday day where um, – the lineup was its best, like all year, because Betts was in, uh, Trey Turner was in, Paul AJ Pollock sat, and he has like a 900 OPS. So like, 
this is a really good team um, as constructed. So even if you know a guy might be hurt or two guys might be hurt, still a really good team. Uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at right now. And uh, <clears throat> Cody Bellinger, small sample size warning here, but has a small sample size of looking, you know, not like an MVP, but someone that is not worse than the pitcher <laughs> in the lineup. Yeah, he 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 turned around like a ninety-five mile an hour fastball Sunday. He's homered in two straight games, but the the one Dave Roberts was kind of gushing about that Sunday one. He's like he backspinned a, uh, a home run. He's like that's looking like the old Cody. So you know. He's had a terrible year offensively, yep. but uh, yeah, it doesn't mean he's terrible. Like he's also, you know, been hurt first. His shoulder, no one, no one, everyone's power sapped after like a shoulder thing. So he's just working his way through that. Um, but yeah, uh, sort of a good sign in that regard. Uh, but I have a trivia question for you related to uh, Max. Can Scherzer, I bl- the, can I blame an injury for how terrible I'm going to do on trivia? Yeah, of course, yeah. Cool. What's what's the injury? Uh, shoulder. Oh, got it's, it. It's distracting. You, you and Tony Gonsolin. Yep. Um, Max Scherzer, uh, ten strikeouts in his Dodgers debut. It's uh, true. Came eight days after he turned thirty-seven. Um, he's one of five Dodgers, aged thirty-seven or older, to strike out ten in a game. Um, four of those came in Los Angeles. One in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. How many of the other four pitchers can you name? I will try to do that after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. How many Dodgers who struck out 10 or more batters after uh, 37 or older can I name? Well, I'm going to name one. Max Scherzer. I said it the other four, but I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You have one of the five. Um, Rich Hill. Rich Hill did it five times. He actually has the second most uh, such games. I will tell you that he's trailing only the pitcher in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, and see, this is where, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know old dudes. I got one. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll throw some guesses out. Uh, Greg Maddox. No, uh, never struck out ten. <sighs> I wonder what his career career. Uh, I wonder what his Dodger career high was. I'm gonna look that That's up. It's probably like nine a bunch of times. It'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll see if I can figure it out. Um, and see, this is where I'm just gonna kind of throw some names at the board because I don't know how old they were when they stopped uh, pitching mm-hmm. for the Dodgers. Uh, Don Drysdale. Nope. He. Uh, I'm trying to think. He retired at like. 
33 or 34. Okay. I thought it, I, I, I figured it was a stretch. I didn't think it would be that much of a stretch though. Um, uh, oh, uh, so I'll, I'll throw, how about here? I'll throw out some Brooklyn names and just, uh, yeah. if they're both wrong, I'll give up. Um, Dazzy Vance. See, he went to the well and it paid off. It's <laughs> excellent. So he did 13 times. It's only been done 22 total times. He did the first 13 of them. Uh, the oldest uh, was 41 years, 142 days old uh, against the Phillies, who the Dodgers play tonight. This one was at Ebbets Field on July 24th, 1932. Um, so you're only missing two other players. I will tell you. Yeah. It happened in the, uh, I guess, well, no, the Jacob Birch life era. That's when it happened. Oh, no. Um, but, yeah, both that, of them. that might not help, actually. <laughs> one, one, one was pitching in the Jacob Birch era. And the other one was probably a little little young for you. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to retire. I'm not even going to, because I'll just be throwing names out. So. Uh, Tom Candiotti, 1995. Yep. Um, and then the other two were Kevin Brown. Oh, oh, one in 2002, one in 2003. I, yeah. Definitely a name I thought of. I did not think he was um, that old when he came to the Dodgers. I had him more in the mid mid 30s range. Uh, he was he uh, his age 34 season was 98 with the Padres, and then he signed a seven year deal with the with the Dodgers. Yep, I definitely had said, that. You're going to be he's going to be too old, and he was, but like you know, his yeah. Greg Mattis's career high with the Dodgers was six. Six. Yeah, isn't that wow. strange? I I am surprised. I thought he would have had like a game or two where he just, you know, and that was in December. That was the game after the. I think I think his best game with the Dodgers, where he pitched eight innings. I yeah. was at that game. I think it was a uh, Russell Martin walk off. Walk off, yeah. Benny Chalk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, neat. Sunday night. That and also he outdueled Jason Schmidt, yep. uh, who then signed that year that that winner with the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, fun game, um, costly game. Um, yeah, I have uh, I have a Dodgers rewind for you, uh, and for our listeners. Someone who did not strike out ten as a thirty-seven-year-old uh, with the Dodgers, <laughs> sadly, uh, Claude Osteen. Uh, I am surprised we have not done Do- Claude Osteen before. I looked to make sure. I was like looking at our list. Thank God I semi keep track of these. Uh, he was. I was reminded of him because Sabre put out a thing um, because Monday was his birthday. And I was like, oh. And then I looked, oh, we haven't done Claude Osteen. So he was fresh on my mind. So I figured, let's do Claude Osteen. Now, uh, we have done, uh, well, I'll, in a second, but just to start, Claude Osteen, uh, pretty good. It's not really a baseball nickname more than just a nickname. They called him Gomer because he looked just like actor Jim Neighbors, uh, who played Gomer Pyle in the 1960s. Uh, TV was weird back then, um, but he really did look like him. Um, and, excuse me. Uh, we have done Frank Howard before on uh, Dodgers Rewind uh, the, back in August 2019, episode 1923. If you're interested, if you are interested, I know everyone who's listening obviously goes back and listens to every episode like three or four times. So we, we get it. Um, Osteen and Howard are linked, uh, because Osteen is part of two, like very memorable LA Dodgers trades. Uh, 
One was at the winter meetings in 1964. This was a huge deal. Uh, Osteen, John Kennedy, no, not that one. Uh, this one was an infielder and alive. Uh, and 100,000 went from the Senators to the Dodgers. Frank Howard, third baseman Ken McMullen, and pitchers Phil Ortega and Pete Richard, and then eventually uh, the player to be named later was Dick Nan, a first baseman pinch hitter, went to the Senators. So five for two deal. Um, this is one of those, like, uh, uh, one of the reasons I'm, I'm strongly against the idea of having to quote-unquote win a trade. Uh, this this trade gave both teams exactly what they wanted. Um, Howard became a star, a home run hitting legend. His nickname was the Capital Punisher in D.C. He was great. Uh, Ken McMullen, underrated, like, solid, solid regular. Like, I think he averaged, like, three war for, like, a decade almost. He actually came back to the Dodgers in 1973 to the point where I believe he started at third base on opening day in 1963 and 1973, uh, but like nothing else. <laughs> so it's one of those fun little quirks. Um, but at the same time, Osteen was the number three starter behind Koufax and Drysdale on two pennant winners and a World Series winner in 1965. So like, uh, you know, the Dodgers absolutely got what they want. They dealt from a uh, position of strength. So that was that was good for them. Um, the other move was at the end of Osteen's career with the Dodgers, 73 winter meetings. They traded him to the Astros for Jimmy Wynn. Jimmy Wynn had MVP caliber year in 1974, excellent in 1975 as well. Two really, really good years in Los Angeles. So Osteen sort of uh, was, you know, he was no slouch himself in between those trades. Uh, he made the all-star team three times with the Dodgers. He had a 309 ERA. Uh, it is a 106 ERA plus because obviously the era, uh, one of the better pitchers environments ever, the 60s pitching at Dodger Stadium, the high mound and all. Now he averaged in his nine years with the Dodgers, 37 starts, 266 innings and 16 wins uh, every year. Um, I was like, you, you sort of um, instinctively discount stats sometimes from that era. Because, like, every pitcher went nine innings or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, they didn't all. But it, even, even like, among that era, Osteen still, like, stood out. Um, so in that nine-year period, he was actually tied for first in the majors with 335 starts. Uh, Mickey Lulich also did it. He was fourth in innings, 2397. Uh, he was fourth with 34 shutouts. Uh, Bob Gibson, Mel Stottlemyre, and Juan Marichal were the only ones with more. Eighth in wins, and, you know, look, wins are what they are, but, like, there was also, it was also a big measuring stick back then. So, he did exactly, like, what the Dodgers needed, gave them sort of stability. Like, Don Sutton was around two, so, like, that, though, obviously, um, Koufax retired, then, uh, 1969 was Drysdale's last year, so, like, they, he sort of helped usher in the new sort of era uh, in the 70s when they got really good. His key moment with the Dodgers was his very first year. Uh, they were down 2 nothing after um, the first two games in Minnesota in the World Series. They come to Dodger Stadium. Uh, Claude Osteen pitched, started game three, pitched a shutout, five-hitter, and then the Dodgers won all three games in Los Angeles. They went back, lost game six, and then uh, Koufax, uh, on two days rest, pitched a shutout to win the series. Um Osteen lost his other two World Series starts. He lost that game six in 1965 
to the Twins. He only gave up in that game two uh, runs, one earned. Game three in 1966, he lost one nothing to the Orioles. The Dodgers offense went, just took a vacation in that World Series, and they got swept. So Osteen, in his three World Series starts, uh, has a 0.86 ERA. Um, uh, in Walter Austin, the manager, uh, this is from UPI, uh, this was before Osteen's game three started in 1966. Uh, quote, Osteen has delivered for us time after time. You give him the ball and you don't worry. That was kind of the essence of who Claude Osteen was. He pitched 18 years in the majors, uh, Reds and the Senators before the Dodgers. Then he finished off with Astros, Cardinals, and White Sox. Um, 196 wins, 330 ERA, 104 ERA plus, 3,461 innings. Uh, this is one of those things I talked about where everyone sort of went deep back then. 488 career starts in those 18 years. He averaged 6.89 innings per start. Obviously, like, there are zero pitchers averaging, like, close to that in this year. So, like, it was obviously a different era. Um, after his playing days, he was a pitching coach uh, as early as 1977. Uh, with the Cardinals, then he moved on to the Phillies, the Rangers, then he was a minor league coach for a little bit in the Dodgers system, and then eventually was their major league pitching coach uh, in 1999 and 2000. The Dodgers actually fired uh, Charlie Huff uh, on May 26th, 1999, and then uh, Osteen took over and then did, finished off through 2000. Uh, then he, I think he retired, or then he sort of went into scouting after that. But yeah, he's you know full baseball life, still around. Um, just a very sort of probably maybe underrated Dodger, just given how how long he pitched for them and and how good he was and memorable he was to those two teams that got to the World Series. Uh, I do have a Claude Osteen trivia question for you, Jacob. Are you ready? Yahoo! Let's do it. Um, so Claude Osteen ranks seventh all time in Dodgers history with twenty three hundred and ninety seven innings. Among the top 31 in Dodgers innings, this, uh, just as a, a hint, this is everyone for the Do- who's pitched for the Dodgers at least 1,250 innings and up. Um, Osteen is one of only three pitchers without a regular season save with the Dodgers. Who are the other two? All right. Kershaw? <laughs> so, the way you said that, just so, so resigned, like, ugh. I guess, but yes, Clayton Kershaw. The you caught the wording correctly uh, <laughs> when I said without a regular season save. How did you know that um, was my hit? You're so yes. So uh, yeah, he Kershaw's fifth in innings. Uh, he passed Osteen this year. Uh, Osteen seventh. Uh, the other person I will tell you as a hint is 18th in innings and pitched in your lifetime for oh. the Dodgers. Oh no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, in my lifetime, or my? Do you think I've watched this player? You've rep- definitely watched this player. Oh, no. um, but uh, I will say, uh, he—I believe he debuted uh, the year you were born. <laughs> um, uh, is it oral? No, you're—you were—you were born in 1988, right? Uh, 86. Oh. Well, Oral debuted before that, but okay. um, yeah. So this this person debuted two years later. My apologies. <laughs> um. Uh. Oral had five saves, by the way. Okay. Uh, that's what I thought. Uh, Ramon. Yep. Okay. 
See, you did excellent. Whew. Despite, despite, like, just being, <laughs> what a sigh. It was, so that was a preparatory of the, uh, yep. of, I don't know who the other one is. Yeah. Uh, mostly because, yeah, and then you gave me the hint and that didn't help because the, the other names I had written down, I figured would be uh, higher than 18th and need to pitch. So there we go. Well, time for uh, our friend and I to turn the tables on you because it's time for questions from Craig. All right, five questions from Craig. Some of these get split up with sub questions, including this week's trivia question for you. Miguel Caprera is two home runs shy of 500. He is inching closer to becoming the most recent member of the 3,000 hit 500 home run club. The first two questions in this week's trivia is about that select group. Are there? Uh, there are six players who are in the small club. Can Eric name them? Uh, okay, so obviously Eddie Murray was the best one. Yep. Um, then Aaron Mays Palmero. Yep. Um, wow. And then I, I sort of I drop off a little bit here. Um, so I believe Stan Musial ended with 475 homers. Um, oh, 3,000 hits. I, oh, I'm drawing a blank. This is bad. Um, did, um, A-Rod? A-Rod's one. So you have one left. So I'm, I'm, I'm only missing one. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I have a big hint uh, if you need it. Not yet. Okay. Uh, Ernie Banks? Nope. Yeah, he didn't get to 3,000. Um, okay. Um, 3,000 hits. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Your hint is yeah. currently playing for Los Angeles <laughs> yeah. Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had forgotten. I, I yeah, I forgot Pujols is at three thousand. Of course he is. Yeah. Um, of this group, the same player has the most doubles and the fewest triples. Who is that player? Um, of that group, yeah, it's probably Eddie Murray. Uh, it is not Eddie Murray. Oh, most double no, most doubles is, is Pujols for sure. Yes. Also, yeah, he's like six and as six seventy or something. Uh, Half, few, fewer than half the amount of triples as uh, Eddie Murray, for what it's worth. Wow. Eddie Murray, speed demon. Few people know this. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Dodgers. There are seven players in franchise history with a much less exclusive club of 1,000 hits and 200 or more home runs. Obviously, 1,000 or more hits in their Dodgers careers. Can Eric name them? I bet his okay. hit, Craig's hint for you is Zach Wheat and Bill Russell are not on the list. Yeah, I knew Bill Russell didn't hit 200 homers. <laughs> um, so, uh, all right. So we got uh, Caro Say. Yep, yep. Um, Matt Camp. Yep. Um, uh, Duke Snyder. Yep. Gil Hodges. Yep. So I'm missing two? You are. Um. There aren't that many 200 home run hitters. Let like so, it's basically all the 200 home run hitters. Uh, uh, let's see. 
Oh boy. Um, Craig has this on uh, my cheat sheet ordered by Home Runs, and you have been dancing around it, <laughs> but I, I believe I have the uh, two you haven't named. So, uh, man, Steve Garvey? Yep. Okay. One left. Fourth and... place according uh, by Home Runs of this list. Okay. Oh, fourth place. Wow. Okay, so, so that means, so it's like... Snyder, Hodges, mm-hmm. Karos. Yep. So it's someone in between him and Say. Um, oh my. Um, this is disturbing. Um, why can't I? Um, Willie Davis didn't hit that many home runs. Um, I already mentioned Say and Garvey. Um, fairly certain. Yeah, Pedro Guerrero didn't get to 200 home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, Piazza was like 170-something. 77, I think. Uh, oh, boy. This is bad. Sheffield wasn't a Dodger long enough. Um, let's see. Well, let you know this player has the fewest hits of the players on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. All right. So, let's see. Cody Bellinger's like like one thirty something. Uh, he'll get there, uh, but no, I. La- my last I hit for you, uh, a Brooklyn yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Um. So one, two, three. Is it Ryan Campanella? It is. I wasn't sure if he got to two hundred home runs. Two hundred and forty-two. Damn. All right. Yeah. I know the three MVPs swayed me into remembering him. So, there. Yeah. All right. Wow. Um, so on this list, two two different names here. Can you name the uh, Dodgers with the fewest triple on this list and the fewest stolen bases on this list? And then, as an um, additional fun, can you name the Dodgers in order of stolen bases? Um, okay. So fewest. Wait, fewest triples. Yeah. Um, of that group, let's go with, let's go with Ron Say. Ron Say is tied for second to last with 18. Okay. Um. I'll let you know he's tied with, uh, Campy. Hmm. Uh, then I will say Garvey. Garvey is, uh, third with 35. I don't know then on the triples. Eric Karos with 10. Of course. Why didn't I think of that? Okay. Stolen bases. Uh, Now, I've seen Eric Karos try to steal home. He didn't make it. Uh, I think he had a couple, like, sneaky years. Um, But I still still am picking him for last in steals. Uh, Nope. There are two below him. 
Okay. Um, Campanella? Uh, second to last with 25. <laughs> um, Ronse. There you go with 20. So now I, I have to the top name four. the order of the. Yeah. Uh, for, so starting from the lowest. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. Your names are. Uh, after randomized Hodges, Garvey, and then I uh, hold on. I <laughs> oh, Kemp, oh, Kemp, and then so Kemp's one, yes, 170. Um, yeah, um, and then uh, why did I forget the other name? Uh, so I have Hodges, Garvey, and one other player I need to put in. Duke here Snyder is the other player, Duke Snyder's the other player. So you did okay. name. So Duke, Duke Snyder is probably second. You are correct. Ninety nine. Um, so then I would say, I would say Gil Hodges had fewer steals than Garvey. You are correct. Garvey with seventy seven. Yeah. Gil Hodges with sixty three. Nice. Good work. For the months of August, September, and October, Trey Turner has stolen a total of eleven, seventeen, fourteen, and twelve bases in the two thousand seventeen through twenty twenty seasons. For the contest, a two-part question. A, will Turner steal double-digit bases this season for the Dodgers? B, he already has one. Yeah. <laughs> will Turner go under, tie, or over the record for most bases stolen by a Dodger acquired at the trade deadline or later since 1995? That record is 16 by Tom Goodwin in 2000. Uh, I think he does steal double-digit bases, and I don't think he... So I think he's under 16. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll just for, to be sporting. I'll say he steals sixteen. Mm-hmm. D- Dave gets a toy he hasn't gotten to use. Uh, you know, a, a trick he hasn't gotten to use. He's just gonna pull the trigger a bunch. That's there's there's my mm-hmm. call. Nice. How like you say exactly exactly 16. one six. I love it. How likely is it that we see Joe Madden, Aaron Boone, and Joe Girardi managing the respective teams in twenty twenty two? Madden and Girardi are under contract through 2022, while Boone's contract is up this season. Um, like, I don't, I have a hard time thinking they're going to get rid of Madden. Yeah, ditto. This is a transition year. They knew it. Um, Girardi, like, they're literally in first place right now. They just won 8th Street. Now, obviously, it's a weird division. Um... I th- and like the Yankees are making a surge. Like Aaron Boone's the most likely, I think, to get fired or, or like not be back. Yeah. But I think it's a good, a decent amount of likelihood that all three will be back. But I, I, mean, I if I had to pick one, probably Boone would be. The I one. feel like the Yankees have kind of been in different ways for the Yankees' expectation disappointing. So. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's uh, a slam dunk, but I feel like uh, I'll, 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 if we're writing this down, I'll say he's not back for the Yankees next year. The Dodgers play 13 straight games until their next off day. How many different pitchers will start, and are they all on the current active roster? If not, name the next pitcher. Bonus points if you can name someone making their Major League ba- uh, Baseball debut. Uh, you already kind of hinted this when we were going over the... Uh, pitching depth or lack therein so it's time to put some money behind your thoughts 
Okay, and by so money, I, I mean I, invisible yeah, money that yep. doesn't actually Monopoly exist. Money, obviously. <laughs> uh, true blue LA bucks. Uh, <laughs> the best bucks. Uh, I think I think they will use six starting pitchers. Uh, the next one will be Mitch White. Uh, so the options for Major League debut would be Andre Jackson, who's on the 40-man, or Ryan Pepio. At some point in that stretch, probably not just yet for Pepio. Maybe not. Uh, but I do think it's probably most likely, if it's not White a second time through, then it's going to be a bullpen game. So, like, uh, you know, pick anyone, like Bruzdar or, or Alex Vesia in the first inning or something. So yeah, uh, I think I think that's how it goes. Six six starters, six starters, and no one making their debut. No no debut. Well, give me the two names. I just I just yeah, okay. You, uh, Mitch you, White. Yeah. Mitch White and Alex Vesey. Okay. I uh, before you mentioned it, I was going to say Mitch White and Brewstar. So. Yeah. This week's food question was inspired through a text from Sissy Tran, which is a favorite role for cheese as the star of the dish, as such as a mac and cheese. A worthy co-star like in a cheeseburger or a poutine, a uh, cheeseburger or a poutine, or as part of the ensemble like a sub or a hoagie? Um, wow. I think a co-star is probably the best. Like, so I, I guess. Like picking my favorite children. I can't. <laughs> I right, love all right. of you. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, doesn't, I, I almost want to say that, uh. I mean, it's not called cheese and macaroni, so isn't it a co-star in macaroni and cheese? No, I don't. it really is cheese that sells that dish. I'm not going to lie. Um, now, this is where I, I would mention that grilled cheese is not listed here, but that's definitely a star of the dish. But I also don't like um, the fact that, um, uh, like, grilled sandwiches that are called grilled cheese with meat in them are not grilled cheese. Yep. They're so, mixed. yeah. Yeah. And delicious. So, my my go-to in in this regard, the the tiebreaker cuz I love cheese plates, I love mac and cheese. I love subs and hoagies where, you know, the provolone maybe is just a, a slight more textural item than element than anything else. But I think the Philly cheesesteak breaks it for me where it's oh. clearly the co-star along with the the ribeye or the chicken or whatever you're having it with. But man, it's the, it's the best. It's so good. Yeah. But it's, yeah, yeah. And that's where, yeah. And I think actual co-star, like the, uh, our, you're arguing yes. who's up for uh, best act, actor slash actress or a supporting actor, actress, that kind of mm-hmm. sharing the stage with one, one other element, but uh, worthy, worthy of being the namesake. Literally cheese steak. Yeah. It's a great, great example. Uh, Another one for me that is uh, where cheese plays a vital and co-starring role is um, nachos. Um, Specifically, like my go-to at like a Mexican restaurant uh, is carne asada nachos. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously the chips have to be good the carne asada is good but like the cheese brings it all together uh a worthy co-star of that and yeah cheese is just so good like it's yeah there's so many uses for cheese Uh, but i i think i think co-star is is the right 
is the right move. Even like, I guess do you, I guess the queso would be the star if you're like if it's chips and queso, right? Because you're just using the chips to deliver right. the the queso. But like, so maybe that's the exception. But like to me, I think I think it's co-star all the way. It has to it it like brings up. It's it's uh, it's cast members, if you will, uh, <laughs> in in the meal. Uh, so yeah, God, now I'm really hungry. I want to go get carne asada nachos. So oh, thanks a lot, Craig. You're you're uh, deciding my lunch yet again. Just uh, cheese? What, Are you just going to do a brick of cheese? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right, I'm going to do the uh, Homer Simpson uh, 64 slices of American <laughs> cheese. So, um, yeah, exactly. Well, look, let's do let's do this. Uh, one slice of uh, American cheese for every new Dodger in, between now and when we record next week. Oh God, that's going to be a lot of cheese. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, go eat some cheese. Go watch some Dodgers. Even if it's a pitcher or a hitter you might not have heard of until this week, uh, enjoy it, and we will talk to you next week.